Here are the top five players the Miami Hurricanes cannot win without this season. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers who make Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So, folks, here are the top five players that I believe are essential to the Miami Hurricanes to improve and hopefully vastly improve upon their five and seven record from last year. Uh, I'm going to give you my top five in order. And so my criteria goes like this, guys. These are the players who I believe hold the team together like glue and each of them add a specific skill set that is imperative for making others around them better. So these are the players who they're going to cost Miami wins if these guys get injured or underperform. And then on the flip side of that, if these players do their jobs well or really well this year, they can be the key and the drivers for Miami winning eight, nine, or even more games this year. Okay. So let's start from number five. Now, it wasn't easy narrowing this down to five. A top 10 would have been a lot easier, but do we do things easy on Locked on Canes? We don't take shortcuts here on Locked on Canes. So number five for me, wide receiver Colby Young. Okay, and there's so much upside on this player. Colby Young's combination of size with that six foot six plus frame and the massive wingspan and big hands, his speed. Remember, he dropped some weight to get his body in even better shape and make himself faster and the catch radius that comes from his wingspan, all of those characteristics for Colby Young, they scream number one receiver. That's what he should be. That's what I believe he will be this year. We saw some glimpses of it last year, but it was his first year out of JUCO. The offense was a mess last year, quarterback injuries, all that. So we saw glimpses of it. We didn't see it consistently. Uh, and then during the offseason, guys, I got to watch Colby throughout spring football, got to chat with him. I don't believe anybody on that team has worked harder than Colby Young to become even better. His reliable hands, his ability to pull down contested balls can make him this offense's version of what Amon Richards was a few years ago, what Charleston Rambo was a couple of years ago, or even what Reggie Wayne was to Ken Dorsey many years ago. We talked about that with Josie Gacky last Friday. So Tyler Van Dyke in Colby Young, he needs to know that when he throws something in Young's direction, he can have faith that Colby is going to come down with that football. And, you know, I know that there are a couple of other receivers we could have strongly considered to put in that spot, but just based on the size and the characteristics, Colby Young is the guy from that receiving core who made the cut for me. And I, I believe he's going to be Miami's number one receiver this year, maybe X. Xavier Restrepo will have something to say about that, but I believe Colby Young overall is going to be the number one guy this year, so he's my number five. Number four, you might be surprised that this is the one I have representing the offensive line here. Transfer center Matt Lee. 
is my number four player Miami cannot win without this year. Because first of all, I think people kind of underestimate the quarterback center exchange and how critical that relationship is and the timing and the calls being made on the line. And Matt Lee, I was so impressed with this guy during spring football. One of Miami's most impressive players, period, in the spring. And he is the anchor and the metronome of that offensive line. And listen, full disclosure, it was hard deciding between Javion Cohen and Matt Lee. And I even considered Francis Malingoa and, you know, some at, at the end of the day, I think that that quarterback center exchange and the relationship that they're building, I'm going to go with Matt Lee there in the number four spot. All right. So we get into the top three. Now, these are five players. The Miami Hurricanes can't win without in 2023. I go with Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle. LT at number three. So DT, defensive tackle, that is the literal heart of the defense. This player has top 15 NFL draft pick type of upside if he can live up to that this year. And statistically, last year, we had a conversation a couple months ago with a pro football focus analyst about this. Leonard Taylor was statistically one of the most productive defensive linemen in all of college football last year. And really the big reason why he wasn't more impactful than he was, Kevin Steele had him on a puzzlingly low snap count. So I'm expecting the snap count to go up, the responsibilities to go up for Leonard Taylor, and hopefully he lives up to that first half of the first round of the NFL draft type of potential. Uh, and he can be really one of the reasons why Miami can improve vastly this year. My number two, I stick with the defense for this one. Safety, Cam Kinchins. I mean, what do I even need to say about Cam? Cam Kinchins is the best overall player on this team, I believe. He's not the most athletic. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. But Cam is the best overall player on this team. And that's a testament to his hard work and his instincts and his film study. And yeah, he is also very athletic and very talented. I don't want to take that away from him either. But, you know, he's not even the biggest, most athletic, most talented person in the safety room. And yet he is the best safety and I believe the best overall player on this team. And, you know, if anything were to happen to Cam Kinchins or if he were to have like a down year for any reason, Miami's defense would really, really struggle for that. So I'm going to go with Cam Kinchins as number two. And for my number one, Players the Miami Hurricanes cannot win without in 2023. Why do I feel like I'm going to get angry comments about this one? I, some of you are just not a fan, but you should be. You were in 2021, and you're going to be a fan again. You're going to be back on the Tyler Van Dyke bandwagon this year, my friends. Tyler Van Dyke for me, and yeah, he's the starting quarterback. He plays the most important position on the team. That is the number one player. Miami cannot win without in 2023, because as we saw last season, if Tyler is inconsistent, which he was to start the year, or if he goes down injured as he did later in the year, there's going to be a major drop off. This team cannot win eight, nine or more games this year without a healthy dialed in Van Dyke. He's in a new offense under Shannon Dawson which he learned very quickly, and in spring, he seems to be thriving, and we'll see if that translates to the regular season. Uh, and that should, this Shannon Dawson offense should give Tyler Van Dyke not only the freedom to go downfield and attack more, it should give him more tempo, which he was very good in a couple of years ago, 
And it's also, you know, a more friendly system for Tyler Van Dyke to spread the football around. It's not the same, but it's similar, more similar to what he had under Rhett Lashley two years ago. And you remember how good Tyler Van Dyke was in 2021 in that Rhett Lashley offense. Not to mention, Van Dyke has better protection this year. More weapons in the passing game. More weapons at wide receiver and running back and tight end weapons should be good this year as well. And, you know, the way that Tyler Van Dyke, the way that he plays this season, that's also so important because it's going to set the tone for Miami's recruiting. If Van Dyke has a big year and Miami's tossing it all around the yard and scoring points, that's going to make the Hurricanes more attractive for blue chip quarterbacks and blue chip wide receivers for the class of 2024, 2025 and beyond. So TVD has a very important job, the most important job on the team this year. And, you know, I think, uh, Jakari Brown has gotten better since last year, but I still think that there's going to be a drop-off from quarterback one to quarterback two, and then your quarterback three is a true freshman. We don't want to have to see Emery Williams a whole lot. He's got a bright future, but his time is not yet. Okay, so Tyler Van Dyke, to me, that is the number one player Miami cannot win without this year. So it's TVD number one, Cam Kenshin's number two, Leonard Taylor number three, Matt Lee number four, Colby Young number five. Uh, I want to give uh, some of the arguments you guys have with me when we come back, some of the honorable mentions. Plus, how about this? ESPN is giving the Miami Hurricanes football team some respect. When did they ever do that? I kind of feel uncomfortable with how much respect they gave to Miami. We will explain when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Oh, I got my bird dog shorts on today. I've got them on, and I absolutely love it. Bird dogs make you look good. They stretch with their khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They make my legs look way better than they really do, by the way. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It really does. Guys, it's like I'm wearing casual khaki shorts that look great, but I feel like I'm wearing athletic shorts. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And guys, I know a good portion of our audience is watching and listening from Florida and South Florida. Folks, these shorts are made for South Florida and they, they just feel like summer. Like, I can walk around in these bird dog shorts looking good and looking casual, but I feel like I'm wearing athletic shorts or I can hang out by the pool. It feels like I'm wearing a swimsuit. Trust me, this stretch fabric is awesome. They breathe and they keep you cool during these very, very hot, very humid South Florida summers. So I'm telling you, try them out. Go to birddogs.com slash college and enter our promo code Locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. This tumbler works great. Also, I drink out of this thing every single day. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You, you, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, my friends. So check that out. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And if you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, Make sure you subscribe to our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. We include the link in the show description below to join our subtext community. You guys get show previews, breaking news, recruiting notes, one-on-ones, 
directly from my phone to your phone. So I'm telling you, join the community completely free for the first 14 days. And then if you want to opt in after two weeks, it's $4.99 a month. It's a great way to say thank you. You know, I never throw out my Venmo and ask you guys for donations or anything like that. We like to give you something of value in return. And I think we do that with the subtext chat. So join our community free for the first 14 days with the link included in the show description below. So I gave you my top five players Miami cannot win without. Here are some of the other players. If I want to go through my thought process, some of the other players that I considered. I strongly considered Zion Nelson, but I decided at the end of the day, I'm going to consider Zion more of an X factor, okay? Because even though he seems to be completely healthy right now, he struggled so much with the injury last year. And I know Miami has like a plan B in case Zion isn't available to play all season, you know, because you, you could try to play Jalen Rivers in his spot. I know he didn't have a very good spring game over there, but he had a good spring at left tackle. They're also, they're getting the pancake honcho, Samson Okunlola, ready to play quickly. He's a five-star offensive lineman. So they have a plan B. However, Miami's best plan, the plan A at left tackle would be a healthy Zion Nelson. Because this guy, again, kind of like Leonard Taylor, Zion has first-round NFL draft potential. So he could be essential but since, you know, you always kind of wonder how healthy is he going to be? Is he going to make it through the year? I look at Zion as more of an X factor, but he is very important. I strongly considered a couple of linebackers, okay? West Saint and Francisco Maui Goa both got strong consideration to make that list. Um, I do, and again, it was so hard to make a top five. I kind of regret not putting a pass rusher on there, but I, I did have Leonard Taylor representing the entire defensive line. But I definitely considered Akeem Mesidor because he's going to be so key. A couple of people tweeted me that they wanted Nigel Lee Kelly on the list. That was a strong consideration as well. But you know, for Akeem Mesidor, final year, last ride for him, I think he's going to try to have a big year to improve his NFL stock. Um, you know, I, I, I considered putting Henry Parrish on the list because I, I think he's going to be Miami's primary running back this year, although there is some competition in the backfield. Don Chaney, A.J. Allen. I think Mark Fletcher is going to be competing for serious snaps, you know, by the time he gets a couple of games uh, under his belt and gets his feet wet a little bit. Um, and, and another one, you know, th this again, more of an X factor. I wasn't going to put him as like an essential guy, but Tyler Harrell, the transfer wide receiver. I considered putting Tyler Harrell on the list, and a few people did tweet that to me, and someone mentioned it to me in our subtext chat. Um, and it's not necessarily just because of his like production, but with Tyler Harrell's skill set of being one of the fastest players on the team, having that 4-2 40-yard dash speed, the dimension that he's going to add of bringing the top off of a defense and opening, opening the rest of the field up, basically, when he's on the field, that that's going to be really important. So I did consider Tyler Harrell, but at the end of the day, I just thought maybe Colby Young probably the better representative of the receiving core. And I definitely, full disclosure, I considered Xavier Restrepo because, you know, I don't know if he'll be Miami's leading receiver yardage-wise, but in terms of number of catches, I expect Restrepo to be Miami's leading receiver because he's Tyler Van Dyke's safety valve, and they've got this psychic connection, so he's going to be catching a lot of footballs this year. A few people said that I should have just listed the entire five starting offensive linemen as my top five. I thought that would have been a little bit of a cop-out. Now, 
the O-line is so important. Like I could have done four O-linemen and then Tyler Van Dyke because the O-line's got to keep him upright, which is going to help the team score points and succeed. I see what you did there. The offensive line's going to be so important this year. You know, a few people on our subtext actually said I should have included Dylan Joyce, the punter, in my top five. I don't know, man. I just, I had a hard time putting a specialist in my top five, but if I had a top 10, I probably would. And I'd probably put uh, Andy Borigalis in a top 10 as well, because guess what? You may forget how important field goal kicking is, but when you've got a crappy kicker and you're missing extra points, which happens unfortunately a lot in college, or you're missing 25 yard field goals, that kicker. What is this kicker doing? So when you have, and, and Andy Borgalis is a very good kicker, when you have a very good kicker, sometimes you don't appreciate him that much, but it is, it is. I mean, anybody who uh, lived through the Bubba Baxa era knows how important having a good kicker is because when you don't, you feel it, okay? Um, someone said I should put Hurricane Bain, Ruben Bain in the list. Now, again, I view Bain as an X factor, okay? And I think Ruben is going to end up popping off as a freshman. I think he's going to have like more sacks than any true freshman should this year, maybe six, seven, eight sacks. Uh, but the way that I look at most of the freshman class, I look at them as X factors, uh, you know, Francis Malangoa, Ruben Bain, Ray Ray Joseph could be a big X factor this year. A couple of the freshman tight ends could be X factors, but you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to say that those are like the most essential on the team, but those guys are definitely X factors. So, guys, how about this for ESPN actually giving Miami some love? So uh, they did a top 25 ranking on ESPN of the college football teams who have the biggest impact transfer and recruiting classes this year, as in uh, the most newcomers who can have an immediate impact this coming season. Because obviously when you recruit players, some of the players you recruit are like, projects for a couple years down the road like Collins of Chiampong for example who I don't expect to dominate year one but you know two three four could dominate and then you bring in guys like Ruben Bain and Francis Mauingoa who are ready to have like an immediate impact and then same thing for transfers right you bring in transfers guys like Matt Lee, JV on Cohen, Francisco Mauingoa, you know uh, Devante Brown who are ready to make like a year one immediate impact Tyler Harrell and Shamar Kirk hopefully and in that regard, bringing in players in recruiting and transfer portal who they believe will make an immediate impact, ESPN actually ranked Miami number two. Number two, they're one spot behind USC, and that's fine. USC had an awesome transfer class and a really good recruiting class, and they actually ranked Miami at number two. They ranked them a spot ahead of Florida State. Florida State didn't have as good of a recruiting class last year, or this year, I should say, 2023, as Miami did, but they did have a, an awesome transfer portal, but ESPN still gave Miami the nod over Florida State and just behind USC. So the Hurricanes, they believe, are number two in impact transfer and recruiting class rankings. Uh, so here's what they have to say about Miami. Top impact newcomers, they say. Offensive tackle Francis Mauingoa, no argument there. Offensive guard, J.V. on Cohen, linebacker Francisco Mauingoa, and running back Mark Fletcher. Now, I, I thought that they they probably left off Matt Lee, who made my top five uh, in my Players Miami Can't Win Without. And I, I think they also left out Ruben Bain. I, I don't know if, uh, if ESPN nationally really gives Ruben enough respect and knowing he's a four-star recruit that should have been a five-star. So I could add those two guys to that list as well. 
so they say Mario Cristobal returned to his alma mater as head coach and nicely blended the use of transfer portal with 2023 prospects to boost the roster that won just five games last year. Francis Malangoa, the number one offensive tackle recruit, is a massive, powerful, and agile player who competed regularly against top competition at IMG and looks poised to immediately take a major role in the trenches. The O-line should also benefit from portal additions. Javion Cohen, who started 20 games, over 20 games, the past two years at Alabama, and, okay, they do give him credit, UCF's Matt Lee, one of the top centers in the country. Uh, and then they write about Mark Fletcher. And by the way, I think Fletcher's going to be awesome this year and forever. Uh, one time Ohio State commit Mark Fletcher was a key hometown keep and should immediately get touches, they say. So how about that, man? Listen, I, I know sometimes we talk about media biases and not giving Miami credit. At least ES, it was funny, though. They buried it on the, uh, the ESPN Plus, which I do. I subscribe to ESPN Plus, but. You can't even read that whole story on like the regular ESPN.com. You got to get behind the paywall. So the only way that ESPN gives Miami any respect is behind the paywall on the free site. No respect behind the paywall. When you pay, I don't know what it is, six, $7 a month. That's where you have to actually pay $7 a month for them to give Miami respect, but it is what it is. I will still take it. Uh, Got a couple of tweet questions, Twitter questions I want to answer on, uh, answer on the other side. We got one about how much of a difference Miami's coaching can make from last year to this year. And we have uh, an angry tweet, not angry at me, just angry in general, about the college football video game. That it, is, is this in jeopardy now? Uh, I don't really know what's going on there, but I do know I love that video game. and We haven't had it for like, what, eight, nine years since we've had the NCAA football game from EA Sports so we're going to touch on all this when we come back keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today we are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube uh, we're going to be talking with our friend Bruce Warner tomorrow so Truth Teller Tuesday on a Thursday I'm so sorry for moving that around Truth Teller Tuesday on a Thursday and I think Bruce is going to bring a former Miami Hurricanes player with him and then Friday, planning on talking with Larry Bluestein because we do have, again, that massive June 9th official visit weekend to preview. So on June 9th, we're going to have a massive episode talking about all the recruiting visitors that are going to be on campus this week. So we get a question from Mr. Biggs. So Mr. Biggs was on Twitter. He responded to uh, our pal Malik Rozier tweeted out Miami's schedule and he predicted a little tongue in cheek, but he predicted a 12 and 0 finish for Miami. Right. But he tweeted out Miami's full schedule with a 12 and 0 prediction. And I retweeted it. We got a lot of responses on that retweet. And uh, Mr. Biggs writes, what I don't understand is we were a top 15 preseason 2022 team. We made the worst offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator hires since Patrick Nix and Mark D'Onofrio. And now we're a seven-win team at best, he writes. Now, Vegas has Miami seven and a half over under. He says, we have the equivalent of Lashley and Diaz at offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, plus we upgrade the roster talent. So he here's one thing, uh, Mr. Biggs. I think, uh, and I haven't made my official win-loss prediction yet, it's not going to be 12 wins, though. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to have Miami undefeated. Uh, it's probably not even going to be 10 wins. It's going to be probably less than that. But I'm, I'm going to make that official probably last week of August or, or first week of September. 
first thing is I think last year taught us like not to not to overestimate the roster and the situation. So a lot of Canes fans who are predicting nine, 10 wins last year are like, OK, I've learned my lesson, maybe seven, eight wins this year at most. OK, a lot of people are taking a step back. The other thing is, you know, you mentioned Miami had a like a, a top 15 preseason ranking last year. Unfortunately, as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks on this show, Miami's roster was vastly overestimated heading into last year. They didn't have any depth. Now, you did even say in your tweet, Mr. Biggs, that they improved the roster, and they did. But it's like, I thought last year's team really had no business of being top 15 preseason because the offensive line was patchwork, absolutely no depth. Really, at most positions, there was no depth. And when your depth was tested with offensive line injuries and quarterback injuries and your wide receiver core was not very good last year you had injuries on that unit your running back unit was vastly overrated heading into the year you had injuries there you had to give significant playing time to walk-ons last year that was not a very good roster last year I do believe the roster is a lot better this year and yes I think you really improved your defensive coordinator I also think you improved your offensive coordinator um you know the guy last year set the bar pretty low so anybody with a pulse would be an upgrade over last year's offensive coordinator situation. But I, I think Shannon Dawson has more than a pulse. I think he's going to be a very good offensive coordinator. And, you know, Kevin Beard and, and Tim Harris and Jason Taylor being on the field this year. I believe Miami has improved the coaching staff this year. But still, um, I am hesitant to make like a dramatic prediction improvement from five wins to 10 or 11 wins last year. I'm, you know. I'm going to take a more cautious approach this year. And also, what Mario Cristobal is trying to build down here, I know you did add some impact transfers, but he's really building for the long haul because you just had a top five or a top seven class of 2023, and you're not really going to see the fruits of that labor more so until the second, third year of these guys being in the program. So I believe this is more of a long-term build than a short-term build, but you know, I, I appreciate your point. You know, you had awful coordinators, very little depth last year. You've improved these things. You think the team should be a lot better. I think the team should be at least a little bit better this year. We get this tweet from Anton. Now, I admit I need to learn more about this situation, but I do know I love this freaking video game, the, the EA Sports College football game. I miss it. He says, Dono, it's the offseason. We need to talk about the upcoming EA Sports College football game and your thoughts on players demanding more money. Now, he says, I need to book this guy on the show. I'll have to reach out to him. Matt Brown, EP, has all the inside scoops. If you could get an interview with him, that would be an incredible episode. Now, um, see, the thing is, I don't know how much money these players are supposed to be getting for the video game. It's probably pennies on the dollar. So, I, you know, if they're asking for more money, that's probably a reasonable request that these players should be paid, you know, a decent amount for their name, image, and likeness on a very popular video game. So I'm cool with that. I just hope it doesn't jeopardize the game coming out. Like if EA Sports is just being too cheap with this, they're like, oh, these players want big money for the name, image, and likeness. You know, there's going to be, you know, literally probably what thousands of players on the video game because you think about 85 man rosters all the teams in the that's a lot of players they have to pay so hopefully the players asking for more money doesn't jeopardize the video game coming out because guys I've lived what has it been like the last I don't know seven eight years of my life without a new college football video game I can't go much longer without it I'm running on fumes 
Madden is just not the same. It's not the same. Dynasty mode, EA Sports College football game. It's my favorite video game of all freaking time. And I've wanted it back for years. They're finally giving us a taste that they're going to bring the game back. If this jeopardizes the game, I'm going to be pissed. But if I can have my cake and eat it too, if the players get paid fairly, if they get paid fairly for it, and then the game does come out, I'll be really happy about that. That'll do it for today's episode. We'll have uh, Bruce Warner, the truth teller, on with us tomorrow. Uh, Working on Larry Bluestein to join us on Friday. We're going to be talking a lot more about the June 9th weekend official visitors. So, guys, if you can give us uh, a thumbs up, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And make sure to subscribe to our channel because we're closing in on 10,000. We're almost at 10,000 subscribers. I want to get there by college football season. And if you're listening to the audio version, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, Google, wherever you get your pods. And if you can leave us a five-star review on the audio app, we like to shout those out on the show as we did yesterday. And we will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.